listening to Garbage Show, One Pit's first podcast network. Welcome to Witch Police Radio, an interview podcast that focuses on all corners of the Winnipeg music scene. If you like this podcast, please support it. Go to patreon.com slash witchpolice and help us improve the show. Welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm your regular host, Sam, and I'm joined by all of the members of Disraeli Dreamers. So thanks for having me, guys. You're yeah, welcome. No, thank you're you're welcome. welcome. Thanks for having us. So, because this is more people than usual, I think um, we should just go around the, the table here and everyone identify what they do in the band and, and what their name is, obviously. And then listeners can put a, a name to the voice. So, start right here. Yeah. Uh, I'm Simon. I play keyboards. I'm Ryan. I play the guitar. I'm Andrew, and I play drums. I'm Peter, uh, lead vocals and guitar. I'm Chris. I am the bass player. And this is the full this is the full unit here, right? This yep. is the, yeah. Yeah. Okay. everybody. And I guess like two of you, I get are familiar to. If anyone's been listening for for long enough, at least going back the past year, they might recognize a couple of the names here. Um, Ryan and Peter were both on the show. I think it was early 2016 with the previous band, Tin Can Bandits. And Peter was also on the second big mix-up show yep. we did at the Park that's Theater. Like so, Sachs, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, but this is a totally different project. Yeah. So uh, maybe a good place to start would be just. I mean because I met you guys before, <laughs> is uh, what happened between when I spoke with you a year ago and now, and how did this band sort of develop from whatever you were doing before? Yeah, so it happened uh, very organically. I should point out that Chris is also a Tin yes. Can Bandits. Oh, right on. Yes, yes, you just weren't there when I... Yeah. Yes, I just wasn't there. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, so the, so the three of us um, were sort of the core of the band along with our front man, Ian. Ian decided that uh, he was going to go back to school and pursue some non-musical interests, so that's where he's gone. Okay. But of course, we wanted to keep it going, so we have these two wonderfully talented gentlemen to join our group, and then just organically switch to Disraeli Dreamers. Okay, that's pretty concise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it explains, sounds like it explains it pretty well. Um, so, was there ever an idea of continuing the previous band, or was it just now that Ian's not involved anymore to start over from scratch, or...? Yeah, absolutely. Like, when we first uh, jumped into our practice room, there was, like, a feeling of being lost. Like, okay, what do we do? Do we keep playing Tin Can Bandits tunes? And I think that's probably what we started off doing with the first practice or two. And then, like, I think this thing really did come together very organically, especially with uh, the creative engine that is Simon in particular. And it really started to take a life on its own. Okay. Well, for the two non-bandits, then, how how did you get... How did you guys get involved in this? How did you sort of come um, meet these guys? <clears throat> well, when the Bandits was still a thing, um, two members had left the Bandits previously, so they were looking for a drummer. Okay. So Andrew and I both auditioned as the drummer. Uh, I gave them the impression that I was actually a good drummer, and I had about 12 days to pull it off. I got through the audition, uh, I don't know, d- decently-ish. <laughs> I, I, they wanted me back for a keyboard audition, so I went in for that, and um, I did way better on that. And then <laughs> yes, yes, way better yeah, way on better. keyboard. Yeah, um, Simon can play just about everything, but Andrew can play the drums. I've been playing for this particular band slightly. Right, you know, yeah. Simon had twelve days. I've had fifteen years. So. <laughs> it's it's a little more time, and my know. setup sucks. <laughs> so what did you uh, say, Simon? You had a... no, it was a snare drum, a floor tom, a hi hat, and a bass drum. Yeah, that's it. So hey. yeah, you can't work with that. <laughs> but 
No, then from then on, I was just practicing tentatively with them. Okay. And then I, I just never stopped coming to rehearsals. I never got an official, hey, you're in the band. It's just, <laughs> it just showed up. I just kept going, then that was it. So. If that is true, before we knew it, it was too late. He, yeah. was on, he was on in the photos, so whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was just, it was just like too hard to edit. It's like a guy from Office so. Space where they just keep on showing up to work. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my stapler? Yeah, yeah. You take my keyboard, I'll set the place on fire. Uh, <laughs> so you already had the previous connection though where you involved. So, were we also did you audition? Well? Uh, yeah, like uh, Ryan put an ad up on uh, Winnipeg musicians. And oh, yeah, I was okay. looking for something a little more serious. Like before I joined the band, I like I'm currently in a few other projects. Uh, uh, there's another couple bands I'm in uh, okay. as well, but it's just not as serious as I was wanting. There wasn't as much commitment as this band is. So you know, I'm looking. I was looking more to tour and okay. play shows and everything. So. That's why I contacted Ryan because he put out the advertisement on Winnipeg Musicians that he's looking for serious members. So, yeah. so yeah, and I came to a few tryouts, a few practices, and yeah, again, it just kind of happened. You know, you're in the band, let's do this, and then yeah, so cool. And how long has this actually been a unit then with the, the current group? Like since since Think Our Band has ended it, and this. I don't think we, we really got serious uh, writing songs and going hard until January. Okay. So the project is still in its infant stages, but I think we've done a lot in a very short period of time. Well, yeah, it sounds, I mean, I, I keep seeing stuff you guys doing. You guys love a lot of shows. I mean, yeah. it sounds like you've toured a bit, right? And you have uh, the, the EP that's come out. Yep. So how did you eventually tackle that into, like, what, six months? Six months, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Does it help that the three of you were in a band together and... Before, like, did that make a? Well, we had a couple of songs that were that that I had written for Tin Can, right. and then since I wrote them, we just kind of adapted them, at, kind of took them on as just really dreamer songs because I wrote them. So, uh, and then uh, since Andrew and Simon have joined the band, they're co-writing songs together. And Simon is Simon came to us with a bunch of great ideas. Oh, cool. Okay. And we currently do a couple of his songs. We're working on a new song that Andrew uh, helped write and. And I made some lyrics and the, and the uh, single melody to it, and he came up with all the chords. So, mm-hmm. I mean, now we got these, we got some pretty good, you know, songwriters in the band. Right. So, well, and it helps that me and Simon as well, like as long as well as like Peter and some other cats here, like we're multi instrumentalists. Like, right. I've been playing guitar, bass for close to the same amount I've been playing drums, going on twenty years now. So, okay. as you know, as a guy that can just kind of pick up anything it's super handy and simon's super talented that way as well and he can form melodica yeah, yeah. I, was, I was very jealous of that melodica yeah. i saw that one of the videos and it was like it, it might be here <laughs> yeah. uh, so so the other I, I guess to answer your question yeah. um there was sort of a, a shorthand built in from being in a previous band i think we have some established trust between one another mm-hmm. so when we came up with a, a band direction saying like this is going to be ambitious we want to be here at a certain point everyone was just sort of on board okay mm-hmm. so yeah just being i think we have one unified vision of where we want our music to go and where we want our, our careers to go in music and we've just been executing ever since and when did the actual ep come up um, May, May 12th. Yeah. yeah. So just dropped it, still new. We're still kind of writing that EP, but at the same time, 
Uh, We've written some new stuff, and we're excited. (laughs) We're very excited for this new the new material that we've written. We're already planning on recording it in September. It's Studio 11. So we're all kind of booked up, so we should have a second big release from us this year. Is that going to be an EP as well, or a full length, or is that still sort of up in the air? Definitely an EP. Mm-hmm. My own personal view is EPs are kind of where the music business is at right now. Mm-hmm. Not doing a full album until... You're um, established. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, what point do you think you guys will be established enough to do that? Is it sort of just involve more touring or just kind of more time? As a band, or what? Um... I mean, there's certainly a funding aspect to it yeah, as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, but right now, like, I, I do believe the content is king. So it's better just to put out these small EPs more frequently. Uh, like, be, well, we, we dropped a Tin Can Bandits EP early this year, too, in January, plus this one in May, and then another one in September. So, like, if we can keep banging these things out yeah, at a yeah. some, somewhat high, high uh, caliber, I think that's the way to go. Just to so, stay in people's minds, right? Stay fresh. Yeah, and that, you uh, want all killer, no filler, right? Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah, don't yeah. want to have you know a whole CD with twelve songs, and three of them are less than our best, so, just because we want to fill it up. You sure, but I, I think also like what we're working on right now with this next EP is moving towards uh, kind of a more cohesion of styles, like. Simon and me have a very, like, I come from punk metal background, like, really hard, really fast, you know, like, like, not simple, but, like, definitely heavier influences, so it comes out, you know, I started playing punk and metal drumming early on, and that's where my roots lie, so it's definitely, I come with that same intensity when I'm playing this stuff, even though it is quite a bit softer, you know, I come with the same energy and same intensity, and Simon comes with, you know... I won't speak for him. He can. Speak. I, am, I, I listen to the Bare Naked Ladies and Ben Folds Five okay. a lot. So yeah. I, uh, yeah, my my writing style is different. I, I use a lot more weird chords in my songs. Okay. So yeah. That's... So uh, definitely like, with an LP in my mind, it's finding that happy middle ground between the different styles and eclectic uh, visions that everybody has from the band. Because sure. it's definitely like you know Chris got more funk. Peter's got more like that eighties nineties. Pearl you know, Jam. Pearl yeah, Jam yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. And Ryan's kind of blends in with it. <laughs> yeah. He's the chameleon. Yeah, so, yeah, no, it's it's finding that cohesion and finding mm-hmm. that, uh, like, maybe a theme or two that can be put together to sound great on a 12-track. Okay. But mm-hmm. for now, especially being new, is like, you know, the next EP, hopefully, you know, we'll start finding our, our groove and then come out with something. Finding sure. our sound. Hey! 
continue to struggle. six months like have you noticed uh, a significant progression in terms of the songs that you have on the EP and what you have for the upcoming one I mean is there have you developed since I mean because it's a short period of time to exist in and have two, two EPs worth of stuff in that time is pretty good like has, is there a big difference sonically or is it still kind of you're just doing the same sort of sound as the first first EP with your new material well this last EP we released I found it was super eclectic okay. like mm -hmm. We had well, that two, makes sense based on what you've been saying. Yeah, yeah. We have two peeper, Peter's <laughs> peepers. <laughs> Peter's Peter's songs, which are more along the lines of, you know, the nineties, eighties kind of that style. And then we have two Simon songs that are so differently styled. So this EP was more just to see we took both extremes and put them out there and see okay. where we at and where we can find a cohesion. Like the song I wrote that is coming out, it's straight, like almost garage rock cock rock sort of just guitar driven you know so but trying to fit that into what we have right now I, I think what excites me the most about the new material is we're finding how to play with each other okay. so we're trying to make these styles work so yeah so uh, Andrew does have this cock rock awesome song but Simon's found a way to put his own spin on it with his instrumentation and it's creating something that I think is very unique and very cool like it, with Simon, like it has a uh, very much like old school organ, rock organ kind of thing. Okay. So it sounds like that grungy garage, you know, almost rockabilly sort of right, sound. Right. So yeah, cool. So where do you, where do you place yourselves genre wise? I mean, it's, it's, I hate asking this question because it's really difficult for anybody. But I mean, right now the amount of stuff you're telling me about the different genres, different influences, different songwriters, how do you define it? Do you just say it's a rock band, or do you? It's easy just to say we're an alt rock band. Yeah. I think that kind yeah, of helpful, sums yeah. it up nicely. Yeah. Right. It's vague enough that people can yeah. put whatever they want on that. And, yeah. 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 So, uh, and that is a bit of a progression from Tin Can Band. It's where we define ourselves as pop rock. Yeah. So this one, this one is definitely taking a step more towards that heavier sound. Yeah. So Without going crazy heavy like death metal or anything yeah. like that. No, no, no. It, it's, it's, it's a, a step. Much much <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, like, you know, the thing is, coming from the rock metal or the punk metal background, like I can take that, those drum patterns, yeah. those big, huge sounding drum patterns and make them sound great in this context because it sounds huge, but yeah. without sounding like pounding, Overpower. pounding yeah, your yeah, head yeah, in. For sure. You know, it's not, it's not the, you know, the really fast, brutal sound. It's more just like big and open yeah. and yeah. So yeah. Well, that's something I noticed listening to the EP too. It sounds super full. Like, yeah. it's, I mean, I know there's a lot of you here, which probably contributes to that. Yeah. But yeah, it does sound like, is that all, I mean, is there a lot of overdubs on that or is it all pretty much just... Well, for some songs more than others, um, like Father Time, I used 
uh, tambourine, egg shaker, right. mandolin. I used an organ setting on the keyboard, and I also used a harmonica and the melodica. Melodica. Yeah, yeah there was a chord organ in there, but we ended up not using it because it just didn't work with anything else. Right. But uh, yeah, that that one has the most overdubs, and then Bitter Man was. Um, yeah, it was a lot more keyboard stuff. Um, I ended up using more piano on that one than I thought I would. And then, yeah, Beauty and Pain was pretty straightforward. It was just, um, like, I recorded the keyboard solo at home and then the rest of it at our producer's house. Okay. And then the instrumental tracks, I did that all at home. So and that's cool. just seven tracks. So. But my, my dad said about Beauty and Pain specifically with the way Simon did the organs was, he said, it sounds like Deep Purple. Cool. Like, you know, like that really, like, you know, like that, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Like really keyboard organ driven. Yeah, like sort of heavy organ riff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah th there's a lot less work went to that album than you would think. So our recording process was a little bit strange. We recorded it as a live off the floor in a studio, and then we essentially gave it all to Simon. Simon I, tinkered I, and threw some oh, stuff okay. on top of it. Yeah. And then, mm -hmm. voila. Well, yeah. Well, we actually did the rest in our producer's basement, and then I just added some stuff at home. Um, that, yeah, I edited Bitter Man, but that was that was the only thing I... And the instrumental tracks, but that was all I really uh, edited. I just left the rest of it to our producer. So you keep the live energy, but you add the extra. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. Yeah. I was singing in a basement with, like, blankets and... Yeah, no, we, we had... <laughs> and we the had closet doors yeah, all around. Yeah, we had two <laughs> closet doors covered in blankets. It was very... Yeah, no, oh, and yes. all the all the percussion takes I did, at the end of each one, because I'm not a percussionist first, at the end of each take, it's me going, oh, God. <laughs> my egg shaker was half beat <laughs> Well, no, it's because my arm would get tired. We On, <laughs> on Bitter Man, she said... <laughs> <laughs> on, on Bitter Man, we had to loop the tambourine because oh, I was really? just like, <laughs> it, was, it was just, yeah. um, yeah, it was just too fast. Like I'd get a few bars in, and my arm would get tired, so we just <laughs> that, that was just a weird it. recording process because the day that we were in the studio, I was like three weeks in, like. Pneumonia. 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 So I was just a delirious mess, and <laughs> the whole day's kind of just a blur. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, mm. so it was, it was funny. It was it was a different type of recording because I've recorded at studios before and yeah. it's very traditional you know do the do the scratch track drums you know guitars blah yeah, blah yeah, bam yeah. bam bam which you know in in our next EP I think it's going to be more much more structured mm -hmm. it's going to be much more like you know traditional can't wait to get to studio 11 and record with Jason Gordon yeah. much more uh, traditional setting sure. uh, and, and again it comes back to one of your first questions about how we pack so much in so yeah, we have that truncated timeline. So yeah. we, especially in this EP, we tried to figure out how to do it the fastest way possible. Was it four hours to get all the drum stuff done and no. guitars and bass, right? Yeah. Like yeah. in the studio, yeah. like which was insane. Like I've never, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I've never been on that tight of a leash. So, you know, so. What has the response been to the EP so far? Uh, it's been mostly positive from uh, what we've seen, which is great. Uh, so there's some couple positive reviews online from some uh, reviewers. Uh, we're doing a fairly aggressive campaign to get it to independent stations. Yeah, been picked up by close to thirty five now, like around uh, yeah. All England, across. hello. Yeah, <laughs> Australia, <laughs> New Zealand. Yeah. Which cool. is so it's, it's cool to cool. see like other countries like responding to it and yeah. sending us like positive feedback and like uh, we're watching our Facebook 
you know, like page, like, yeah, yeah. grow, and um, I will see where people are from, and they're from all around the world, which is very cool to see. It's awesome, for sure. And it's, it's awesome in this digital age, like, you know, like, it used to be you have to send your CD and, and you know, yeah. specific radio stations and pay for the shipping and everything, but nowadays, like, sending your track overseas to Australia, like, one button that is insane. Like, I was just like, we are playing, our music is being played across the world and it's just like blowing my mind yeah, a little bit very, you very know cool, yeah. yeah like it's it's like because that's i've never been in a band that's ever been had any sort of stretch beyond winnipeg right or canada like it just wasn't the way because you know being in punk and metal bands <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. Yeah. No, greasy no, no. tours <laughs> across yeah, the definitely yeah. country so yeah. it's it's nice to have some validation as well so
you guys mentioned earlier was just about um, kind of this is a band where people are taking things more seriously. So what what are you guys doing in terms of that? I mean, obviously, you know, sending the big push to get on the radio is a big thing, and then touring and all that. But I mean, what 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 makes this stand out compared to maybe other bands you guys have been in, as far as whether it's professionalism or or just like you know trying to actually give us a good go of it? You know what I mean? Like, is, is well, there something? It's definitely like we rehearse two times a week and sometimes rehearse three times a week if it's a big show Mm -hmm. and that is like built into my schedule Mm -hmm. i'm like i have practice tuesdays and thursdays at seven be there at seven hit it hit it and then have a discussion after like we have a meeting pretty much for 15 20 minutes right after practice like Mm -hmm. what's going on what are we doing Yeah, yeah you know every time we're together we go over things and it's just like that has been a really nice change because you know in other bands I've been in, it's been like, oh, we have a show in a month, but then we won't have another show for another three months. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like, so it's just like having that consistency and having that structured two times a week. And, you know, I, like practicing two times a week with a band, like, has improved my, my skill set. Sure. Yeah. Like, we all practice like, on, I think we all practice on our own, on our own time. Yeah. yeah and sure. I think, I think all of us practice our own songs even totally. before practice so right. yeah. we're all yeah. we're all professional about it we we come to rehearsals you know um, having worked Pre- on prepared to work as a ready group place. Right. to yeah. figure out how it all fits in rather than work on your own parts during practice exactly. uh, pr- yeah. pretty basic uh, so I think the other thing that we do um, I myself have a business background I like to think we run the band like a business mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. unsexy as that is but like we have <laughs> mission statements we have goals I've got right. like short term long term like six month one year five year plans and I've got it all written out to us any business plan would and we're just following that and executing like this thing is a business and everybody so has to everybody has to uh, check off whether they agree or disagree. Yeah. So that yeah. we're, so it's transparent and everyone Everybody agrees we're going with the band mm-hmm. and yeah, there's yeah. not one chief deciding. Like this is very much a community, it is. but it's although cool. Ryan, although Ryan is like the Wizard of Oz, he's, he's <laughs> if it wasn't for Ryan, we would yeah. go nowhere. Exactly. Yeah, no, we've been lucky. <laughs> Well, sometimes you just need one voice and the band just to get things organized. Sure, yeah. But within there, it's a collective. Yep, mm-hmm. totally. And that's that. That is the biggest difference. It is like, you know, with my other groups, it's because you know, they have kids and yeah. married, and you yeah. know, like this is just, and they work on the music industry, like they work as different, um, different musicians and singers and everything, and so that's just it's a way to blow off steam more than anything. Sure. But this is, this is like, I go to work, uh, like I work as an EA, but I go to work to fund this <laughs> you know like it you know that's why i go to work like so i can do this on the yeah. side it's almost it is my second job well everyone's everyone's hobby costs money but this is a hobby that it's a labor of love i love it and right. yes money goes towards it but it should I, mean, be, right? I mean i mean it's pretty yeah, wicked we're gonna i mean we're paying to go on tour but i mean we're gonna see canada that's pretty wicked yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna get to, i'm paying but i'm you know i'm gonna get to see canada but i'm gonna get to play the horseshoe and you know yeah. and and yeah. festivals out east that's right. i think that's, that's cool amazing. i mean yeah, yeah. You get to go to new brunswick <laughs> yeah like yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's cool though yeah. i've never been there so. i've never been there <laughs> yeah there we go do you, do you think the um the way the music industry is now especially for independent bands just with the internet being a tool to, to be make it easier to, to book things to get your music out there to, to get people to hear you do you think that kind of helps make this work the way you're doing it um I, honestly like I'm gonna say with that like SoundCloud Bandcamp and yeah, all that yeah. you actually have more people 
you have a bigger competition. Of you course, actually yeah. have more people that you're... So you have to, as a group, in my mind, be that group that pushes beyond the others. Right. It's like, not necessarily musically, not necessarily this. It's like your passion and your organization and what you want out of it. Because there's plenty of guys that sound exactly like us and they're writing the same music, but they're not making that push. Sure. They're not doing the things that need to happen. And that's the thing, like... It's cheaper than ever to get your music out. Yeah. Like, it is. It's cheaper than ever. Like, you know, back in the day, you would have to go to a record label and get recorded by a studio and picked up by a studio. Nowadays, anybody can do it. Yeah. And And I guess that's the opposite problem, right? Everyone everyone is doing it. Yeah. And it's, you know, lots of the pop rock stuff. I find, because I listen to a ton of music. Like, I I love music. Like, I have a genuine love for everything from country to black metal to, to, like, you know, classic like or jazz and um i'm noticing more and more bands like us are moving away from the traditional instruments and going more electronic you're hearing a lot more electronic textures you're hearing a lot more synthetic drums which that makes us somewhat unique because they still have the boppy you know like dancey sound but we don't we're not going synthetic you don't have to do with a laptop on stage yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I've literally seen that I've literally yeah, no, seen that in Winnipeg yeah, a guy yeah, brings yeah. his laptop plays his tracks and sings over it like yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah. that for sure so which it, it has its own merit as well like that takes time it's more it's a tedious thing if you're doing it all by yourself yeah but as a group like I, I always enjoy being in a group but so that's like the changing music industry is great but it also has its challenges as well. For sure. Well, that, that makes sense. I mean, that's like anything creative, I think, at this point, is that the yeah. fact that it's open for anyone to do, you have to hustle to get her yeah. seen or read or yeah, watched or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy, but, yeah. yeah. That's why we do so much stuff, especially right now. Like, we're booked every weekend till end of September. Yeah. It's awesome. something going on every day, yeah. every couple of days, because got to cut through that noise. There's so many incredibly talented bands in the city alone. Tons of them. Yeah. Yeah, who are, who are trying to make noise and do the same thing. So that's why I go back to content as king. We just want to be visible. We want to be seen and heard. And that's what we think our difference maker is going to be. Well, and it's just like right now, like for young artists, honestly, right now is the best time, especially in Winnipeg. We got so many amazing artists. And honestly, like being on 92, sharing the stage with, you know, miss on scene and all those guys like that's awesome yeah. and you can you know the the smaller bands can kind of vibe with bigger bands and you know come together and help each other out which is awesome like that's winnipeg to a t for like, sure yeah. everybody's there to mostly help each other which is awesome have you uh have you guys found that have you guys found that there's a scene that you sort of fit into locally and the reason i'm asking is because what you're just saying is very descriptive of the punk scene in Winnipeg, where everyone helps each other. Yeah. The older bands are helping the younger bands. Everyone's cool. But uh, do you, is there a scene you guys fit into? I mean, is, uh, I don't know what it would be. So, um, you know what? Like, a Saturday we played Pub Stock, and yeah, it was with Greg Arcade. Yeah, Greg's a good friend of mine. Good friend yeah. Of the show, man. yeah. And he's yeah. country, like yeah. straight country, yeah. and we still, I think, we complimented like in a way, but. We also complement with, you know, the more rocky stuff, too. Right. I, I don't know. Yeah, I am tempted to say no to your question. That, like, it is hard for us to find a scene. Like, Winnipeg is very divided into, like, that, like, punk metal scene. The hipster scene is exploding in the city, which yeah. is fantastic, and they've got their own thing going on. So, us, uh, sort of a straightforward rock band, 
there's less of us around than you think. And right. there's less and less venues That's true. that uh, play that straight rock. So, I mean, we connect with who we can. And to Andrew's point, of course, there's a lot of like cross scening going around. Yeah. Uh, with us trying to work with other types of bands. But yeah, it's it's difficult to uh, to find that a straight connection. I honestly think if as a band you are willing to kind of, especially a rock band, be the chameleon, right. uh, you know, be the be adaptable and be you know able to bring it when you need to to, to play with heavier bands, able to take it back when you need to play with a softer band, you yeah. know, like that's important. Like changing, what I learned here is changing and through past experiences playing live is changing your sound like not your sound but your tone comparatively to the show like right. if you're playing more of a rowdy rock metal gig turn it up if you're playing more of an acoustic-y sort of thing tone it down a bit and that's yeah. the thing like I brought a cajon here <laughs> like today <tonight. laughs> I brought a cajon here today and we yeah. have we're playing all the same songs but right. we've altered it to fit what we need change to. our vocals so it's not as harsh or yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Our, uh, different instrumentation. And that's a credit to the musicianship and the band is that we are versatile and we're all yeah. able to take the same song, rearrange it somewhat on the fly and come up with something, yeah. uh, something that's tailored to the venue. Also, because we're doing a lot of songwriting right now, we do have quite a quite our pick of songs. Okay. So mm-hmm. just choosing the right songs for the right gig mm-hmm. has also been part of our strategy. Yeah. And as a newer band as well, like, you know, you got to face the fact that, you know, you're going to need to play some covers, <laughs> you know, yeah, get, so get that sound out there. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing, you know, like, as Did much as tailored to the show as well, I guess. Or do you, do yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. Like we played High Neighbor and we played Knocking on Heaven's Door and yeah, I'm simple. not a huge Guns N' Roses fan, yeah. but. Well, and Simple Man. And Simple Man yeah, and, simple and man. you know, some other stuff, you know. Tailored to we we knew it would go over really good at a trance going out like live festival. Sure, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. So, so some, sometimes you got to play for the room. For yeah, sure. yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hand the room. Well, and it's <laughs> the thing is like I find it you have to be able to do that as a band because if you, you kind of are too good to play something like knocking on heaven's door. People won't like in Transcona like that. You won't go over well. Like you just won't. Like if you think about Transcona, like it's a rural community in a city. So you got to tell your songs to that, and you can't be too good or think your your songs are, you know, too good to not, you know, kind of give the people what they want. Right? Do you think, like, do you think being a straight ahead rock band, you're more expected to be able to pull out a cover like that? I think so. Because if you were like a hipster right, band yeah. or something, they're not going to expect that. To, no, you know, like it's right. not. Mm-hmm. No, uh, then, like, then, then all of a sudden we so. can pull off like make it with you, yeah. and uh, and some and um, what's the one that you of good times virus. Good times virus. You yeah, know, like, that's that's. Sometimes funny. we can pull off, you know. Uh, yeah. Like we do with like the more obscure. Obscure. Like, I was literally yeah. gonna say more obscure stuff that you know. Like, like knocking on heaven's door is like the most. Yeah. <laughs> it's most pretty yeah. institutionalized. Yeah, <laughs> and, like and we're just like you know what it'll it'll fit and like we, we I remember we had a big like. 15 paragraph discussion on that song and how we 
really didn't want to play it, but you know, it, yeah. it, it really did well. So and it's got yeah. three chords. Right. It's yeah. got three chords. <laughs> exactly. I think it drag out for a while and you sat through yeah. yeah. some time, right? Yeah. yeah. Like we had a lead guitarist at that, like we had a guy that came in and did lead for us and we just let him go right. for right. like ten bars. <laughs> like, just yeah. give her. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so you get six solos in this song. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It wouldn't feel out of place though, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, just keep her going. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So yeah, and that's the thing. Like with straight up rock, like we did a Beatles night, and that was really was that great. Was yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, was really one. great, and you know, we kind of put our own spin on the stuff. Yeah, I think I had a saxophone solo in my guitar gently weeps. Yeah, yeah. Instead of guitar be... solo. Yeah. There was a saxophone solo. Yeah, it was, it was it was Ryan's idea to do that. Yeah, we also yeah, and we also did some. We wanted to add a mandolin to. I've just seen a face, but we just didn't have it ready in time. But you know, we we did some. We also did band on the run and don't let me down. Those songs went over really so well was, too. Was that just a bunch of bands doing Beatles covers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was like a battle of the bands, but the twist was everyone had to play. Right, right, songs. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was it was really a cool experience for us. And yeah, like. And that's what I, like, as a lover of music, like, that's what I love. I love taking something and making it our own, even if it isn't a cover that we would normally do. Like, mm-hmm. if we could pull off Lady Gaga, right. I would be super stoked, because oh, yeah. I love so Lady Gaga. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... Was well, anyone record talking about? Someone's gonna. I was thinking telephone. Oh. Okay. <laughs> we, can, no, we can get like two harp harmony, to three harp harmony with uh, Simon. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that's what I mean. Like, as as a lover of music and seeing bands live, like I think ba- more bands should do that. Like, right. just do something totally out of your comfort zone and you know really pull it off. So mm-hmm. it makes you look like versatile. Right? Sure. Yeah. And that goes back to that chameleon comment. Like now the way genres are kind of melding and kind of coming in, like the electronics coming into the rock and, you know, you see more of that, like you have to be able to chameleon and kind of blend, blend in, but at, in your own way, stand out sure. as, as a eclectic band. Right. So.
there's not really a scene that you guys fit into. But is there kind of an audience that, that you feel like you fit? I mean, are you do you see yourselves playing a lot of festival type shows uh, because of the eclectic eclecticness of the sound, or I mean, are you more like bar kind of band? What, what, what do you think is your is your ideal sort of venue for what you do? Uh, so just my personal um, strategy is to keep us out of the bars as much as possible. Like, if we're going to play the bars in Winnipeg, obviously we're going to stick to, like, Park Theater, Pyramid. We've got shows coming up in both places. I don't know if the park counts as a bar, though. The park is a theater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it sells true. It does sell, so, yeah. It does yeah. Like, true, like, Cavern, places like that. Which nice. are, but more places that are known for being music venues. Right. Rather than just, like, a straight bar. Like, I don't know if I'd want to bring us down to... Like Shannon's Irish Pub or King's Head, I don't. Really but think. in those in those situations, like in my experience playing bars in, as a young, yeah, a young musician, younger than I, like I'm only 26, mind you, but um, when I was 18, 19, playing bars, you know, like going in there with the attitude, oh, we have all these awesome songs that we've written. Fact is. When you want to go, when you play a bar, no one wants to hear your right, songs. They want to hear. They want to hear knocking on heaven's door. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the reality. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but that goes back to that. Being like, what do you what do you want from your band? Like, if you want to be putting out your own music and getting noticed and getting the attention, bars are you can play as many bar shows as you want. You're not gonna find the success because you're not getting the crowd into it. They're not buying booze, right? And you won't get hired back because you're not. Well, you're there to. They're not booze. buying booze, right? Booze, you know, yeah. they're not buying alcohol because they're. They're not in. T- they don't know your songs. They and I guess there's a limited crowd too, right? Because it's the same people probably going to the same bar yeah, yeah, every exactly. week. But that's the reason I asked about the festival thing is because I mean, first of all, there's a million festivals starting up everywhere mm-hmm. outside of the city, like every week. Yeah. But I mean, do you think that that's the kind of audience that you guys would appeal to, just because of the mix of sounds and? Yeah. Yeah, and that's what we're going for. And we find that people that go to these little festivals are people who genuinely are trying to discover new music. Yeah. They're open to seeing totally. new bands. Yeah. And yeah, those are our people. But I think, and it also goes back to, you know, I'm 26, Simon's 23, but like these guys are all older older than us. And then, you know, we're, we're coming with a different sound that does harken back to the eighties, nineties, early two thousands of rock and roll. Mm -hmm. And you know, like when it was really at its peak Mm -hmm. and that has dissolved somewhat and gone more back to the underground, which it like for rock to come back, I think that needs to happen. But sure. um, in the festival crowd, they are more accepting of you know we're we're an unknown or relatively unknown band that's playing straight up rock music, and those people are more inclined to sit and listen than someone who's expecting modern production. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fact check you there. Uh, <laughs> rock was not at its peak in the 2000s or early 2000s. Hey. Just like Nickelback, Limp Bizkit era. I think we can all yeah, agree. Yeah, it was a pretty terrible era. Okay. Yeah. That was okay. horrible. I'm thinking forgetting Queens of the Stone Stuff like that, guys. Not new metal. That's different. <laughs> all right. I love new metal. Because <laughs> I was like 13 when that came out. <laughs> so, but like I'm saying, like, you know, lots of bands were trying, lots of rock bands were trying new things in the 2000s, whether they were good or not. It's <laughs> besides the point. But we came out, but we came out with, we came out with bands. That's so good. To my point, we came out bands like the Queens of Stone Age. And, you know, like, lots of them are harkening back to that heavier sure. sound of rock and roll, sure. and that's that's more what I'm shooting at. Like there was a lot more experimentation in the 2000s, not compared to the 90s, but there was cool stuff coming out from the indie scene and college mm-hmm. scene and stuff. So, cool. 
Um, Ryan disagrees, but I don't <laughs> I know, man. Yeah, you can tell we'll we'll go off on a weird tangent then. That's alright. No, no, but if you, if you want to disagree, go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could see his face! <laughs> Lack of disgust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I still think that, just to correct slightly, I don't think there was a lot of experimentation going on between the mid-90s and the mid-2000s. I think that was like a dead create like dead creative era for rock and roll. I think mo- like in the last 10 years you're seeing more of that like bl- fusion of styles which has made it interesting again and then going back into the underground. But it had some dark days. Queens of the Stone Age is like an exception that proves the rule. But those guys had already been in bands previous in the 90s yeah. that kind of led to that, right? Yeah. So right. kind yeah. of I would still almost lump them in with the late yeah. 90s sort of yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe, maybe I got my decades mixed up. I was a teenager, okay? <laughs> you know, just because I wasn't around Brian. <laughs> Fair enough. So, I mean, teenagers do kind of have crappy taste hey. in music at times, right? I don't know. I'm, I'm talking, like, I, as I was a teenager. You were a teenager three years ago. <laughs> I, I was a teenager. <laughs> when I was 13, 14, my taste in music was subpar. You know, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if I agree with that though because I, I'm, I'm 35 and I feel like, so we're the same, same generation, I feel that like the music I listened to when I was like grade 7, grade 8, grade 9, that shit is my favorite shit. Like, yes. No matter, even though yes. I've changed completely with a lot of styles I listen to, I still have my like old Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Mudhoney, all those tapes. I still have them all. Mm-hmm. I still listen to them all the time. Like it's never stopped. And that, I think that for a lot of people, Whatever age you were when you first started getting into music heavily, yeah. that stuff sticks with it's you. It's nostalgia what. is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely it reminds you of kissing your first girlfriend in grade seven. Right, I mean, right, like, right. Just, like grade yeah. nine was the day, like the time I really got what into. Year was that? <sighs> 2000. <laughs> I graduated in 2008, so. 2004. Yeah, there you go. Um, I got into bands like Under Oath. Right. And, I um, graduated university. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, like, I, I was getting more into like post hardcore and stuff like that. So, like, when I was listening to music when I was a teenager, there was a lot of cool shit coming out because I was listening to like more of the metal, right, hardcore, right. you know, ex- uh, experimental, like, be- between the buried and me. No, it's you know, proggy stuff. I missed all of it. I missed all. Yes, you did. I missed all music from 2000 to 2006 because I was getting two music degrees and they were making me study <laughs> weird music, like going all the way back to like medieval music to like weird contemporary 1900 stuff. So I, I missed all popular music. You didn't years. miss anything. <laughs> <laughs> I bought the same Anger album and I was like, nope. <laughs> I was like, shit. I'll see to the Black Album. <laughs> yeah. But like the, like, you know, some of the best times I remember from the music scene when I was younger in grade 9 and 10 was when Comeback Kid was still, like, sure. a local band. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. that was fucking yeah. awesome. Like, I remember being grade 9, grade 10, going with all my buddies to a show in a church basement, yeah. watching fucking Comeback Kid tear that place up. And now they're huge, yeah. And now they're huge. And yeah. that was, like, what I grew up with. And that was, like, my rock and roll yeah. was that music. Like, that hard-edged, you know, heavier stuff that was coming out. Sure. Even, like, you know, dipping into grindcore death death metal sort of stuff you know like the really uh really heavy stuff like that's what i was listening to yeah. so see i'm coming from a different era yeah. well that actually fellas. kind of brings up something i wanted to ask the rest of you the rest of you i was gonna ask all of you we've already answered it yeah <laughs> are, are there local bands that you sort of came up being a big fan of that sort of influenced you or inspired you you've already kind of covered that i think with yeah. the comeback kid but i mean because I, I came up the punk scene as well like yeah. uh, i guess mid 90s to early 2000s right yeah but and that all those bands really kind of influenced what I was into and what I, you know, when I was in bands, this kind of sound and everything, but 
I always wonder where other people are coming from because in the course of doing this show, I mean, I'm talking to people who are, you know, some of them are 18, some of them are 70, whatever. So there's a pretty wide range of, of kind of ages and background stuff. So what about the rest of you? Like, as far as the local scene, is there anything that you sort of came up listening to? Propaganda was like... I think that's a universal. Yeah. 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 I grew up in the States. So okay, so you I, missed... The only, yeah. the only Canadian band I really knew were like Bare Naked Ladies and Our Lady Peace. And I grew up, you know, listening to Offspring, Bad Religion, okay. Pearl Jam, like everything you just named, like Soundgarden. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, like all in Well, I think that was universal for the like, yeah. age group, right? It was yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but like the more the punk stuff was, mm. it was all Bad Religion. I just listened to Bad Religion religiously. Yeah, and um, and Offspring was a huge influence. At the time, they were yeah. everybody, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I, I kind of missed the local band boat. Cause I, I had a weaker fan CD when I was, like, 12, but I listened to it once. I, I, just, I, I have it. It's lying around in a cardboard. Shame on you, Simon. It's lying around in a cardboard box somewhere. It's uh, Fallow. That's the album. It's a good album. Yeah. That's um, a good album. But, no, I, I grew up just listening to a lot of the music my parents were listening okay. to. They uh, Like, my mom listened to a lot of Top 40 stuff in the 70s and... 80s. My dad listens to a lot of R&B, you know, like Spinners or Wind and Fire. Oh, um, and I, I got into Steely Dan like last year, so um, that 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 stuff's been something of an influence for me. But I, I was in more of a rock phase when I was about 12 or 13, so I was listening to just 92 City a lot and listening to ACDC and Super Tramp. Um, yeah, it was just whatever was on right, that station. Was playing, yeah, 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 but yeah. yeah, then when I was about fourteen or fifteen, I found Ben Folds, and that okay. he was basically my adolescence for the next few years. I had all his music books, and I would just oh, yeah. play out of those. I'd, I'd learn the solos, and cool. so yeah, that's that's just kind of what I grew up with. <clears throat> but with the rest of you, two two of you guys, yeah, well, I, I, a lot of music I listened to when I was younger was Motown, a lot, right of, a lot of funk music like the James Brown. Woodsy Collins, cool. and Parliament, and then my dad, he got me into like classic rock, like Led Zeppelin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Deep Purple, Santana, all kinds of stuff. Cool. Like that. Yeah. yeah. So, but definitely like in my earlier years, I was like, my parents are straight classic rock, like my mom was 80s rocker, hair metal, whatever. Yeah. My dad was 60s, 70s. So I was, I was like groomed in rock yeah. like when I was younger. And then I went rebellious. I was like, I'm only gonna listen to hardcore and punk. That's it. <laughs> but now, like in my early twenties and my late teens, I started listening to jazz and yeah, yeah. electronic music specifically has been a huge influence on me. Like just sonically, like like lots of the electronic music, like the knife and sure, yeah. uh, like super experimental out there stuff, like doing stuff that sonically. I've never heard. It's interesting <laughs> you say that because earlier you mentioned that the, one of the good things about this band is that you don't go the electronic route, so it's kind of cool that. Oh, I love the I, like hip hop, electronic music. That is my everyday. Like cool. that is my everyday. Like rock and rock has its place, but it's definitely lots of hip hop, lots of electronic. Like I, like I said, as I got older, I started going. Like I love that. I love it. Like I love the, how off of the wall like electronic music has yeah, yeah. come become. Like it's become this entity. Of like, there's your EDM, but then there's electronic music, sure, and yeah. that's anything. <laughs> Which is the same thing as there's your rock band, and then there's people taking rock music and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's you know those fusions. Like that's I I am not against it. I just noticed the trend changing. Sure. I'm not against it. Like my other band, uh, we're a synth pop band. Okay, what's the band? Uh, Bro Nouveau. 
I don't mean to plug my other <laughs> band on here. But yeah, we're synth rock, like cool. synth rock pop sort of stuff. Like straight up synth led dance drum beats everything like cool. i'm even tempted to get a drum electronic drum pad like oh yeah it just doesn't like be drums or something or like i have an electric kit but just like a side oh just pad yeah, yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, thing yeah. and even for this band for samples and stuff like i'm thinking about it i just don't know if it'll fit this particular project but right. yeah it, it might work on some songs you know yeah. we got some uh, some backing know. tracks and stuff <laughs> yeah like i i'm i'm not <laughs> i'm the last person to be against any sort of experimentation, like anything sonically that sounds interesting and fits the tone, I'm in. Cool. Like, totally. <laughs> cool. All right, well, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, where can people find more information about your band? Uh, so we got our website, DestroyTheGermans.com, Facebook, and of course our music is available on all major platforms, iTunes, Spotify, all the good ones. And is the CD available in physical form or is it just the online... Uh, so they're they're ordered right now. Depending on when this come out, it might already be available. Okay. So it'll be available through our website, through Facebook, and of course at all of our shows. And you gonna put it in any local stores or anything like that, or is that still sort of uh, to be determined? Uh, to be determined. Cool. Yeah. And is there anything coming up in the relative near future? I'm not sure when this will actually come out. Probably a few weeks from when we're recording it. But do you have anything like further into the summer you want to plug? Any any shows? As, yeah, depending on when it comes out. So Can't see us in. next at uh, the Pyramid on July fourteenth. Uh, we're doing Camp and Jam, another one of these small festivals mm-hmm. at the end of July. You're gonna see us uh, at the Forks in the end of August, playing some uh, barbecue and blues festival there. Oh, right on. Another yeah, a couple small festivals. Otherwise, uh, we're gonna be on tour. Cool. Yeah. And the website's the best place to find info, or Facebook, uh, or yeah, website, Facebook. Either are. Cool. And one thing I forgot to ask is what's the deal with the name? Are you guys big, like, UK historical uh, politics fans? Or? I think it's Ryan's dad. Uh, yeah, so I, I came up with the name, and that's certainly one of the influences. Okay. Like, so, just really dreamer. So, so, just really, first of all, of course, it's just really bridge in Winnipeg, right. so I wanted to have a strong tie to Winnipeg. But yes, you're correct. So, there is that strong UK tie as well. Okay. That's a big influence of mine musically. Uh, Disraeli Gears is my dad's favorite right, that uh, makes sense r- too, record yeah. growing up, and so Disraeli bridges in like uh, Elmwood. It's not the most affluent neighborhood in our city, so I thought there was something poetic about uh, not coming from the greatest place, but dreaming of something more, something more right. artistic. Mm-hmm. So that's where the name kind of came from. And I guess someone can make a connection with Israeli Gears, and if they're like a yeah. UK history buff, they can make the actual connection to Benjamin Israeli. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Alright, well if people want to hear more episodes of this show, you can go to witchpolice.com. Hopefully by the time this comes out, the new website will be up. Uh, I keep promising it, and it isn't up yet. But um, all 200 and probably 40 or so episodes at this point are there for free download streaming, including the last time a couple of these guys were on. And you can also find us on uh, UMFM on Sunday nights at midnight. And those are archival episodes that get kind of a second win. So uh, it's right now it's June, late June we're recording this. By the time it ends up airing, it might be, you know, middle winter or something. So it's, it's kind of cool because it um, just keeps, gives every interview just a second life. So, if, yeah. I mean, if you're talking, if a band's talking about a new release that's coming out or has just come out, by the time it airs on the radio, it'll already be, have been out for, you know, six months or something. So people can easily pick it up. So... We, you know, it's really awesome. You and my friend plays our stuff. Um, we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that thing. Uh, whatever you want. Just look up Wish Police. You can find it. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Thanks, thanks a lot for having me, guys. Well, thanks yeah. for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.